The Ringer Gambling Feed is your one-stop shop for all things betting throughout the NFL season from week one all the way through Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We have you covered every which way. We got our favorite futures. We got props. We'll discuss the lines. And of course, we'll throw in a few parlays. That's a given. So whether you're a sharp or square better, we'll be breaking it down in terms hopefully everybody can understand and we'll try to win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling Feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome to Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly, Kirk Black, and week 13, Sunday, week 13, is in the books. Wild. Not to get to, honestly, the biggest thing that happened in the most probably college football playoff. We're going to get to that in a few seconds, but, not seconds, minutes, but Chiefs-Packers just happened. Uh, I'm torn. So the Packers ended up winning the game, and I feel like the main thing by the end, the Packers won 27-19 over the Chiefs, and frankly, Jordan Love played fantastic. And so I feel like we have to talk about the refereeing at the end. But the Packers won, so I kind of don't care that much, but... The refereeing was at the end, and DK, you hate referees, so this must have been your Super Bowl. Uh, the well, so what call pissed you off the most? Let's go through them because I think the the one where they got called for roughing or whatever it was unnecessary roughness when uh, Patrick Mahomes was kind of like at the sideline right by the first down marker and like was inbounds. Yeah, he, he, he got, got hit, hit inbounds. inbounds trying to get a first down, and it was a flag by a defender who was like terrified to hit him and trying to lead away while running and at him. It, it didn't seem like there was a flag for like three seconds. And for a moment, I was like, wow, they finally got one right. And then, of course, a flag followed. The delay was like the key and peel three pumps where they were like looking and they're like, ah, ah, they just tossed it at the end. And I was like, oh, the refs, that's their one terrible call per drive. And then the MVS non-call clear PI. <laughs> he like climbed him like he was a ladder. Yeah. Immediately usurped the <laughs> shitty Mahomes sideline call. Craig, 
They would have won the game. Played, I mean, the Chiefs would have won the game. You played pickup basketball with me, and all I'll say is I had no problem with the non-call on MVS. Okay? That was great right. coverage. That's, how, that, that's right out of the Heifetz school of defense. Yeah. That's so Would you think it was a hail? What about on the Hail Mary with the two-hand push to the back on Travis Kelsey? Would you Literally, they were trying know. to make it a thing, and they forced it. I don't give a shit about the P.I. And the, I actually I like they don't, the That doesn't really blown. get called, usually. The, this, on it doesn't. Those types of plays, there, yeah. There's a problem in, in basketball and football with the, the last play of the game just doesn't resemble the sport. And it sucks. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. in basketball, if there's three seconds left and you put up a three, like any like anything goes in the paint when you're rebounding. Like you could stab a guy in the back and get the rebound with five seconds left. They're not going to call it. Same thing with a Hail Mary. Like Travis Kelsey was assaulted and you're never going to get that call. It doesn't resemble fine. football at all. I, it, no, it's sure. It I guess. Because, I don't like, know what the solution is. I don't, you know what the actual question is? Cause they don't treat it that way. If it's at like the two yard line, like we just saw the Giants no. Bills game. Like the question is that what points at a Hail Mary? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I was thinking that exact same thing. Heifetz. I was like, wh where is it? Like the, the no call zone. Like what is the no call yeah, yard? When line? can is you like show Travis Kelsey with two hands in the back? And everyone's like, yeah, great call. Great play. No, I think it's, if you can see the end zone in this, in the original static shot, like when they're on Mahomes <laughs> about to take the snap, if you can see the end zone, they're calling they're calling fouls. 20-yard line, 25-yard line? Maybe it's the red zone. I think you're probably right. But I don't want to waste time talking about the refs because I think that the Packers won, and I, who cares? I, what mattered in this game is Jordan Love and the Packers were fantastic. This was as, you know, I hate. Craig, I'll meet you halfway. I'm going to take the W on Jordan Love being good, and I'm gonna, but I'm going to give you the W, and this was his debutante. Uh, maturing night for Jordan Love and the Packers offense. Coming of age. They come. Yeah. They all came of age tonight in Green Bay. Yeah, they did. Uh, no, Heifetz, I think you get credit. I mean, you 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 hopped off the, the bandwagon in the middle of the season. Well, I was just getting gas. I was getting Gatorade at the gas station. I was just like, I had to for pay. a month. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, because don't judge, man. This is, you know, because Love started the season with six touchdowns, no picks in his first two games, and Heifetz is like, I told you so. And then it got real dark for about a month and a half. And now, his last three games, he's been incredible. They've won four of their last five. And he legitimately looks like a quarterback who can do everything. I mean, he really looks like mobile, accurate, strong arm. He's he's aggressive, but not too reckless. They look really good. And uh, and they're not even really healthy. The we, we always give the Steelers credit for always being able to draft receivers. The Packers just fixed their entire receiving room. The and Packers like, are drafts. very good at this. Yeah, They went a decade and we're like, oh, they don't draft the Packers receivers in the first round when they get Rodgers one. And it's like, well, if they just wanted, they literally, like, the Packers best receivers are Jaden Reed, a second round rookie. And then like there's Dontavian Wicks, a sixth round rookie. And then Christian Watson's like, the th I guess he got hurt tonight, but he's been playing great. And then like, they just have all these guys who are Romeo fantastic. Dubs. Even, Dubs. Malik, even Malik Heath. Is out there making plays. They had Tucker Craft, the second tight end, out Everyone's there making good. plays. And Love, yeah. I, again, I, Collinsworth had the same thing, but it's like, I'm not saying Love is like Aaron Rodgers, but like, he clearly just spent three years like watching Aaron Rodgers. Like, the, the I love the shot they had of Jordan Love throwing with no feet touching the ground because it's just the, it, literally the only people who do that He's are He's just emulating. And, he has yeah. like the emulated look to him. It's like what, how you copy someone's swing when you're growing up, like your favorite baseball or it's player. Like your, your older brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, DK, I was, you, you I were Ken Griffey? Th was that your swing? When oh, you were it was like Ken Griffey when I was growing up. And then, uh, you know, during my college or high school and college years, it was like Ichiro. Dude, I love the Gary Sheffield waggle with the bat. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Emails at ringerfantasyfootball.gmail.com. What baseball player that you just like emulated this week?
I was going to say with the Packers, though, just watching them, they are a very aesthetically pleasing offense to watch. I, I don't know what it ended up looking like at the end of the game, but I know that at some point during the third quarter, I saw a tweet that there had been zero pressure, zero, zero pressures on Jordan Love throughout the game to that point. And it was like, because they do such a great job of mixing run with play action, these deep drops and getting Jordan Love out on the move. Like to me, it's just like, it's sort of like poetry in motion, the way that they like do misdirection. They have him booting out. His actual throwing motion is very like aesthetically pleasing. He just kind of like winds up and whips it downfield. Um, I don't know. For whatever reason, I, I enjoy watching this offense. It's, and and they're, they're just like very smooth in everything they do. This is the no one on the Packers offense remembers Mbop. Like Mbop. Sorry. Mbop. 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 I bet none of them know it either. You didn't either. <laughs> well, I, well I, I would be the oldest player on the team. That's my point. AJ Dillon said he felt there was a report. I forget who was saying it on the sideline that reported that AJ Dillon says he feels old. He's 25. He's like, I feel old. <laughs> He's in the locker 25. <laughs> Dude, they're actually going to be the oldest, the, the youngest offense in the NFL history. Well, and this team's going to make the playoffs. They're six and six. Here are the remaining four games. They play the Giants, the Bucks, the Panthers, and the Vikings. This team's going to probably finish the year on a seven game winning streak, I would bet. And honestly, like, I'm happy about that. I think, I mean, obviously, as a Seahawks fan, they might kick my team out but like I, I want to see good teams going in and I actually think they are pretty good they're pretty balanced like I said the offense is really fun to watch you know I don't know I, I feel like that would be fine to make the, have them make the playoffs guys I have good news I just figured out the single funniest thing that could happen in the NFL this year what's that the Packers are going to beat the Cowboys in the playoffs okay <laughs> <laughs> Mike McCarthy basically got the Cowboys job because him and Aaron Rodgers just kept beating the, the Cowboys and how funny would it be if the new Packers coach, and then Aaron Rodgers leaves, and then Jordan Love just beats Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys in the playoffs. It's destiny. It's Based on how things are going for McCarthy in the playoffs, uh, that kind of checks out. I feel like that's, that's that's like not as bad as it could get. I feel like another loss to the Niners is probably the all-time low for McCarthy. Well, speaking of the NFC, the NFC is that the 49ers absolutely rocked the Eagles. The Niners went 42-15. to 15. I mean, think about how much we have talked and I mean, for a while, discounted the Cowboys because they were just dismantled by the Niners for the second time this in 2023. But at the end of the game, the Niners did the same thing to the Eagles. Like, DK, you've been using the word buzzsaw for the Niners in three months, and that was all I could think about today was the Niners just... Absolute freaking buzzsaw. Um, if you look at their possessions, the, so the Niners started out with two punts to start the game, two punts in the first quarter. The rest of the possessions they had throughout the rest of the game, touchdown, 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 End of game. <laughs> like they just freaking they it was insane how like dominant they were. Everything they did, it was uh like the old Shanahan meme. I think especially um I think Steven Ruiz shares this as like Shanahan looking in a telescope or a microscope. He's like, This is who I'm going to pick on. And the 49ers just absolutely picked on the middle of the field. It was like I made the joke during the game, like, uh, was it the was it the Eagles? linebackers that got ejected or I can't remember how this all worked because like there was like no one there were no defenders in the middle of the field for the Eagles like the entire game like Debo Samuel had multiple like really big plays just right down the middle yeah, you did know the big Dom Dre Greenlaw the big Dom was their middle linebacker <laughs> yeah. wasn't he and then he got ejected as soon as big Dom <laughs> the left issue. the field the Eagles couldn't do any couldn't tackle Debo at all I want to I want to say real quick before we talk about that thing is the 49ers they averaged eight yards per play they were eight of 11 on third down Brock Purdy was nine, uh, 19 or 27 for 314 yards and four touchdowns, like almost perfect. Um, and 
I mean, again, it's just like the way that they win is they have so many ways to be Christian McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. Like Juwan Jennings is an automatic first down every time he gets targeted on third downs, I feel like. Um, so anyways, this is just a really, really freaking good team. And you guys are right. They were definitely going to win this game. <laughs> um, I, I think they are clearly the best team in the NFL. And I think close. the rest of the NFL, there's a ton of parity, but I think there's a massive gap between two and one. And the Niners are just operating at a higher level right now. And, and Purdy, dude, I mean, how, how many times this season have we come into, a, you know, recorded a show after a Niners game where they destroy some team and we go, man, Purdy was pretty much perfect tonight. He's had like six games where he was pretty much perfect. Legitimately, he's like Florida State. And we'll get to this in, in the next segment. But like, <laughs> he's like undefeated elite stats. Everything points to him, like, you know, being an MVP contention, but nobody will give it to him. And I'm not even saying he deserves it. I don't like passer rating as a stat. It's pretty stupid, but this one caught my eye. Brock Purdy has four games with three touchdown passes and a passer rating of 140 or higher, which is tied for the most games by a quarterback in a single season in NFL history with Tom Brady in 2007, which, you know, that's the 16-0 2007, or Aaron Rodgers in 2011, which is actually one of the, maybe the only season of quarterbacks had that's like better than Tom Brady. Like those are the two best quarterback seasons ever. Both I, MVPs, I, right? They were both oh, MVPs. Yeah. Oh, MVPs. That was Rogers. The best year of his career was 2011. And, and that best year of Tom Brady's career. Purdy has like more games with 300 yards, three touchdowns and no picks than he doesn't. I think, yeah. I think the thing with <laughs> Purdy, I, there's, I'm of two minds with Purdy. And I fully admit to going back and forth between them. And on one hand, I look at Purdy and I'm like, he is... You know, he's a distributor in this like insane offense. And I will say, I actually think the Shanahan, we always say Kyle Shannon, you know, puts guys in space. And I was thinking about this game and I was thinking about what you're saying, DK, with the, the linebackers. And I'm like, Shanahan, similar to Belichick, like, what's Belichick saying? Like, oh, what do they do best? Take that away. Shanahan's like the offensive version of that is, what are you worst at? And we always mm -hmm. talk about Shannon puts players in space. And I'm like, we don't talk enough about how the play, we always say, like, oh, the players he has are like these incredible athletes that are hard to tackle. What we never talk about is, what he, hey, put Debo and Kittle in space. He puts, Shanahan puts Debo in space around the people who are bad at tackling, which I feel like we never like talk about enough because what is the Shanahan thing? It started as outside zone with Mike Shanahan. Like this is the late 80s, the 90s with Bill, Wal Bill Walsh or the Niners. The reason outside zone exists, the actual reason that Alex Gibbs and Shanahan created it or made it a thing was to make cornerbacks tackle because cornerbacks are bad at tackling. And outside zone is this whole philosophy system that was invented just to make cornerbacks tackle running backs because they bet they, that, that you can't do that. And that Shanahan's kind of extended that philosophy to the passing game of just throw it seven yards downfield to Debo next to the worst guy tackling on the Eagles. And like, voila, he runs eight. And like, Debo was, in, and I'm like, I watched this game and I'm like, is Debo the MVP of this team or is it Brock Purdy? And that's the one mind. The flip side is, what if Trey Lance, and to your, your point, Craig, the other thing I say is, what if Trey Lance was doing this? And we just, I'm just still anchored to him being the last, Purdy being the last pick. And I'm like, what if Trey Lance was Brock Purdy? Would we be saying he's the MVP? And I wouldn't think any of oh, that. 100%, yeah. I know, it's very true. It, th this team is the most balanced, egalitarian team that I can remember in a long time. Where I, I, You could truly make the argument to me that Christian McCaffrey is the MVP. Brock Purdy is the MVP. Trent Williams is the MVP. So the, yeah. Kyle Shanahan is the MVP. <laughs> That's true. Also, Jalen Hurts is the favorite for MVP. And I have to say, I think the other thing I was thinking of in this game is if what if like Brock Purdy was on the Eagles? And I was like, dude, the second Marcus Mariota came and came in for that one play when Hurts was getting evaluated for concussion, 
And Mariota converted that tush push, and he got it by like a millimeter. They just barely the ball, ball didn't wrong. look like he got it. But if Mariota got that tush push and stayed in the game, I remember thinking Jalen Hurts cannot win MVP if Mariota can also do the tush push. Like he can't. Like we have we to gotta, come on. Hurts has the same. Have you seen Mariota play? Like Hurts is infinitely that's better. That's my he, point. He, he's eleva- he elevates that offense so much more than Mariota ever would. I'm it's just, not just the tush push. It's it's the whole thing. It's whatever. The, it's, it's absolutely fucking not just the tush push. That's it's, bullshit. I didn't say it's just absolute the bullshit. I'm saying Hertz would never be like he's you know, Hertz is plus two fifty to win the MVP, which is crazy to me still. And that he would not be plus two. He would not be the favorite if not for the tush push. If if Mariota got one, not <laughs> one. I would push. say if Mariota got like three, <laughs> then like no, Jalen Hurts can't be MVP. I'm just it's the party logic, but I, I don't. How know. How many that. fucking rushing touchdowns has uh, Jalen Hurts scored in the last three years? Like, give me a break. Like, uh, come on, I want to, I have to do a mea culpa to Craig because Craig three weeks, I don't remember when I can't keep track of time said, is Dak an MVP? And I was like, that's a fucking hot take. And three weeks later, I'm like, oh, next well, week we'll Dak, find out. Yeah, dude. If Dak, Dak is, Dak is, I, I remember Jonathan Sharks, our former colleague here at the ringer who's since passed. We always talked about whether Dak could be an elite quarterback. And I remember like this week, that Seahawks game. Sorry, DK. But the Cowboys offense, the way they went up and down the Seahawks, I remember thinking like he did it. Like Dak is, I, I mean, I, it, it's hard to like put in, without sounding hyperbolic. Dak is playing quarterback. He did what everybody said he couldn't do. He like finally had to fourth. Like he finally actually came back on a good team, had a fourth quarter drive, scored. Uh, but they play next week. Dallas plays Philadelphia in Dallas Sunday night. And it Ooh. really feels like the winner of that game. Game of the year? The and of the it is the game of the, game of the year. And also because wow, we got to talk about, I mean, the, the big football news of the day here, which is the big, the great big Dom incident of 2023. <laughs> this was uh, the funniest what, thing I've ever seen so in my life. The quick synopsis here is, I, I, I almost feel like telling it in order is almost like doing it in injustice because everyone just found it out backward. Like no one knew what was happening first. It was just, there's just a giant security guy behind Nick Sirianni at all times. <laughs> and frankly, I also realized during all this, Nick Sirianni's just cousin from the bear. Like Sirianni's just Richie from the bear. And he just has this giant, Dom Italian security guy behind him at all times. And it's I guess, like Robin Big. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so Dre Greenlaw went to punch him or point whatever. And then Dom, Big Dom, I, how did yeah. the Giants and Tommy DeVito not even be the most Italian person in the NFC East this year? Big Dom. Everybody immediately apparently knows who Big Dom is. Like within about half a second, everyone on Twitter was like, Dom this and Dom that. Like, who the fuck is this Dom guy? Dude, big Dom. He is beloved in the city of Philadelphia, <laughs> I suppose. This is the most Philly thing of all time, I swear Dom to God. Dom DeSandro. Uh, so what happened? Okay, so for people that didn't see, uh, Drake Greenlaw hit somebody either close to out of bounds or out of bounds. And then he, they started Drake, getting in each he, other's Drake face. Greenlaw, Devontae Smith. Oh, yeah, yes. that's right. Okay, yeah. And it was it was a flag. He stood up. Everybody was getting fiery. And then he and Dom, Big Dom, kind of got face-to-face and were chit-chatting after Dre and and Devontae Smith had kind of been separated. And it looked like Dre Greenlaw was just pointing at Devontae Smith and his hand kind of hit Big Dom's face. Dude, which is, I don't, it's, it's pretty that, easy no, to hit. That way, Dre Greenlaw was forehead. aiming for Big Dom. No, I dude, don't think so. Craig, yes. Craig, dude, 
I I will I I just sent you both. I don't think he was punching Big Dom. He booped him. He booped him. Yes, exactly. Let me tell you something. Football players don't boop one another. All right, they either punch or they don't punch. He was definitely aiming for. If he missed his finger, he had the index finger out. He was pointing. Yeah, he booped him. <laughs> he wasn't booping like a, you boop a golden it's retriever. Like the Three Stooges is like Drake. <laughs> love boops the head of security. I think it was. I think it was arguably incidental. Arguably incidental. incidental. I think. Hey, actually, will say. I first of all, I don't think he was aiming for someone else. I will say he probably accidentally actually made contact. I will say that maybe within the realm of possibility that he'd like accidentally actually touched him. But if you look at if you watch it, or at least like based on what I saw. Big Dom gets in between them and then they start chirping at each other and He's like Greenlaw just goes boop like right on like right in his face. So you're that you're landing on boop. You think he booped him? That's yeah. where you're. Well, excited. it was like it was like a it was not a punch. Certainly not a punch. No. Look, nobody would ever dare punch Big Dom. So there's no way <laughs> I would never he was insult a man him. of your size. We're looking at this uh, like the Zapruder film. I was like, this is almost better. This Eagles Niners is the game of the year. I'm like, this is better than the game of the year. I will say though. I'm wondering if there was like a second booper. You know what I mean? I don't know. Oh, yeah. think? It's just like a hand came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, the what, magic do you, what do you guys take? What's your take on like, because I 49ers fans are like, this guy should not even be on the sideline. Like, get him the fuck out of here. Why is he there? My take is sort of like, Greenlaw is on the Eagle sideline. Like, you came into our house. Like, what are you doing over here? You know what I mean? Like, I, don't, I, I understand he's not like technically a piece, of, like a part of the coaching staff, but he's on their staff. Like, he has a right to be on that sideline, right? Can I vent? Here's what I think happened. And I know that a lot of Niners fans listen, and I'm just going to, like, I'm just giving you some unvarnished honesty, and you can do what you want with it. Whatever they won, they can. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's like, they're fine. Yeah. What happened was, like, he kind of, like, Big Dom kind of lightly was like, hey, Dre Greenlaw, can you stop yelling at the coach That's and Devontae sure. Smith, please? And then yeah. Dre Greenlaw was like, oh, no, touch you, and then booped him by accident. And then, like, they eject him. And then Kyle Shanahan <laughs> just screamed at the refs with like veins in his forehead till he got Big Dom ejected. But then Big after Dom. the game, it bothered me so much. Mistake. Big Dom was Beloved waiting for him Big in the parking Dom. lot. All yeah. the Niners players after the game were like, look, man, that guy doesn't even play football. I don't even know he's there. And they're just like, Juwan Jennings just like, yeah, you know, I didn't see what happened. I don't know what problem that guy has with Drake Greenlaw. And Shanahan's like, yeah, I don't want to get in trouble, you know. I didn't see video of it, so I have to withhold judgment. I'm like, do you, Kyle? All I saw was you screaming about what Kyle Shannon said he had just been told what had happened. By who? No one was there. It was just Dre Greenlaw. I'm like, Big Dom is, he's the body man for Nick Sirianni. Like, this is an insane thing. Like, of course he's next to Nick Sirianni. It was hilarious. That We can't lose fat. We can't lose sight of the fact it was hilarious. Like, everything about it was funny. I knew teams had heads of security. I didn't know they were just like on the sideline, just hanging out. Dude, like there's, right a, on the there's a full entourage of randos on the sidelines of NFL games, I feel like. There, there's more variety than I thought because I'm used to the Sean McVay, like the get back guys and the college football coaches <laughs> yeah. who are like, I am get, like, like psychology industry, coaches I, and like random trainers and uh, who knows. But I get all that. I just didn't know there was just like a big Italian security guard just kind of <laughs> roaming the, the sideline. Dude, I, it's it's, <laughs> it's just. Do you, oh I like God. that Nick Sirianni isn't like I need a leash like I'm six and like you know what I mean like a kid's walking on the sidewalk it's just also just like imagine interviewing to be the security guard for an NFL team like <laughs> yeah. you gotta be at the Yo, top he's of not a game, guard dude. he's the like, head of security sure, uh, sure even better well but he also is a guard like he's kind of down in, co- in the combat he's zone, in the muck I feel like. yeah he's, yeah, he yeah, leads from the front. Both. He leads from the front. He's, he's a player yeah. coach for sure. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I swear to God what I would do for Big Dom to be like, do the coin toss at halftime for the, you know, the overtime, they don't even send the real captains out. They just send, just send Big Dom out. 
Dude, I would love like we need to keep going in this whole security guard universe. I want I want all of the heads of security from each team like in a house over the summer reality show. I want all of it. <laughs> like the Heisman house, but it's just like <laughs> Yeah. That's it's, it's just NFL security house. I'm into that. Email Surringer Fantasy Football at gmail.com if you have an idea of a reality show for Big Dom. Uh, or if you work in reality TV, just, you know, talk. Is Big Dom, Big Dom's going to get banished from the sidelines, I feel like. Serious question. Actually, wait, I have a serious question. Give it 24 hours for this all to go tomorrow. How many baseball players are going to be more famous than Big Dom by the end of, like, tomorrow? Like, four? Yeah, legitimately, like, four. Seven? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he might already be. How many active It might just be him and Otani, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Aaron Judge, maybe. Yeah. All right. Trout? This guy, Trout? Maybe? Who? Nah. Fish? Yeah. All right. The I've never done this before, but we're just going to totally pivot just to college football, which honestly is probably more interesting than anything happened outside of the big domness of the day. So college football playoff, absolute insane weekend for college football. And it kind of broke for like the perfect storm of just pure chaos out of everything. If you're not, you don't know the deal. So basically the, the four teams make the college football playoff and the playoff committee chose Michigan as number one, Washington for number two, Texas three, and then four was between Bama and Florida State. And they chose Bama, which is like a huge controversy, long Bama. story short, because Bama, Bay. it's just like, it, it's, Bama is the SEC champ and has one loss, and then Texas is the Big 12 champ and has one loss, but Texas beat Bama, so Texas gets in. So it's, I, I don't really want to hear the argument that Texas shouldn't make it. It's crazy to me. But the Bama is, I mean, lost a game and also almost lost a bunch of games very recently. And then Florida State is undefeated and won the ACC, which is a Power Five conference. But basically, the committee was like skirted out and been like, well, your quarterback's hurt and your backup quarterback's hurt. So you seem bad. And there's all this other stuff we can get to, like power dynamics, <laughs> college football. You seem bad. But like, I don't, I'm curious. They basically were like, if you guys make it, you're going to get killed anyway. Yeah. So we want, you're they're, not in. they're like, they feel responsible, I think, for having the games be most competitive. Like, isn't that the bottom line? But they, but I get, I don't know. I think, how do you feel about the quarterback? Like, is it weird to penalize a team for an injury when they they didn't lose with the bat third string quarterback? They won. They won the ACC title game. I just, it's weird. To, I have mixed feelings about all this. The whole thing is weird. I, I honestly don't really know where to land on it. I think um, ultimately it's, it is a fact of life in football in at, at most levels, every level, certainly college football and the NFL. Like, the quarterback is by far the most important player. I mean, look, this is like a rematch of the, what we were just talking about, the 49ers-Eagles. Last year, the 49ers lost their quarterback, and they got fucking annihilated. And the, and I think college football didn't want a situation like that where it's like a non-competitive game. Could I actually the, argue the exact opposite, which is that the Niners lost no, you, the game? I've, of course. I wouldn't well, no. have it any other way, Heifetz. But the Niners lost the game because they lost both quarterbacks and they they had none because Brock Purdy, his arm didn't work so he could only hand the ball off because Josh Johnson was concussed. But the the actual argument is if we had known that Brock Purdy would be coming in in relief of Jimmy Garoppolo and that he, well, he's the last pick in the draft. Why not put the Niners in? Turned out he was better. I don't know. It's like the, the third string freshman's going to have a month to prepare for the game. You could go, yeah, and of course you can like use the argument like, oh, the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles when Carson Wentz went down. Like, uh, there's, I feel like there's going to be an argument for for everything for both sides in this, and there is no good solution. That like, that's my take is like, this is a complete fucking mess. I think they made like ultimately, I do think they made the right choice though. 
uh, I, I think college football just has always been messy to me and it continues to get messier. And maybe when the, there's the 12 team playoff next year, it'll be better. But uh, Austin Gale, who works at the ringer with us, tweeted something that I thought was very interesting. He, he, he asked the question, um, basically said, if in the Pac-12 championship between Washington and Oregon, if Michael Penix, the quarterback for Washington, suffered a season-ending injury on the last play of the game, should Washington be removed from the college football playoff now? <laughs> of course not. Of course, of course not. not. Wait, Deacon, do you think yes? Well, isn't that exactly what they're doing with this with Florida State? Well, not the, exactly. The difference because is, they is that the Florida State games, quarterback right? got hurt like four weeks ago, and they haven't been as good with the, a second backup. But then the second, but then the first backup just got hurt, and now they have a second backup. But it, it's like kind of the same thing, but not really. I'm of two minds because, like, is the product going to be better for the playoffs? Yes, unequivocally. Did Florida State get fucked? Yes, unequivocally. Yes, yes. And is yes. it fair? No. That was yeah. That was my argument too. Is like that this was is a much not, shorter this version is not of the article fair. I wrote. This is not fair, but also <laughs> like that's fucking life, you know. Yeah, all know, life and life sucks. But, that, <laughs> but dude, yeah. all is life and life sucks. I agree. The four best teams are in it right now, but I'm still like this team went undefeated in a Power Five conference and didn't get in. And you're like, so well, that's the. Th then it gets to the other thing of, I think that it's half about Florida State, the other half it's. Power five. Then I think about Game the of ACC Thrones. The ACC just got relegated. Well, that's, live and in front of us. So that's the thing. It's that's <laughs> the thing. Power five. It's power two. Like the power five. Power is power. Like it. It's you're not powerful anymore. And that's kind of what this is also about. Like we just saw UCF go undefeated, be ranked twelfth at the end, go undefeated again, and they got ranked like seventh or whatever. And then, well, that's because they're in the AAC. And the half of this is really the ACC this year was treated like the AAC. And like, you know what I mean? So how many times did Boise State go undefeated? And like, right. no one wanted to give them a shot. And it's like, well, they're back. Mountain like, West. Yeah. What this really is about, Roger Sherman wrote this incredible article that all the pro sports in America started super differently. Like baseball, football, basketball, hockey, completely different origin stories. They all ended up the same freaking thing. 30 or so teams in 30 or so cities with two conferences and they negotiate the TV rights together. And like college football just became a pro sport. The athletes get paid now. And then it's, there's two conferences with 30-ish teams in 30-ish cities and everyone else is just kind of going to be there. And like, that's what this is. And it's not like, because the Florida State fans are like, oh, they move the goalposts on like who gets in or what what is the criteria? Like, no, they move the goalposts on who is the criteria. You are the people that when there's like a margin call, you don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. Because if Bama had the same thing, Bama gets to go in. But it's like, yeah, sucks to suck. And and meanwhile, two two weeks ago, Bama won on a Hail Mary against Auburn, who was like six and six. And if they didn't catch that ball, they're out. I was thinking, the other thing I was gonna say is like Bama's also benefiting dramatically from recency bias they just beat georgia who was the number one team before like a couple days ago you know what i mean and they're the back-to-back -back champs and they're basically out. like they're also, they lost the so, game and know, then they lost the game to bama i know i know i'm just saying it's like the whole thing's a fucking mess well and it's like so four teams make the playoffs there's there's five co power conferences so every year it's really like four conferences Someone get in fucked. and one doesn't that's how it works <laughs> but the, but that's not really how it is it really is the, a Big 12, a Big 10, and an SEC team are guaranteed a spot, and then the rest is up for grabs. It's really like three conferences are guaranteed, the other two, and then like the second team in those power three conferences, like then it's all up for grabs. But it's really just to me, three conferences are are guaranteed for like at-large bids, and then we'll see what happens after. They that. are the best teams. And to the thing, I think the important part, this was a hard decision because the other thing, the, the nine other years they made the college football, the four teams, 
there had only they had only ever dealt with one undefeated conference champion. Like there had always ever been one team that had no losses and won their title. This year there were three teams. One was a great year. Yeah, like it's just like it was just a really there were five teams that deserve it. six if you include Georgia. Washington I mean. went undefeated for crying out loud. Like that's wild. This is the best Washington team we've seen since like the early nineties. And also like programming wise. Let's uh, and that's the flip side. It's like, dude, New Year's Day is now Michigan, Alabama, and then Texas, Washington. And if Texas wins that game, you're gonna have Texas versus Bama or Michigan for Texas versus Bama for the title, or Texas versus the Jim Harbaugh undefeated Michigan Wolverines after the Harbaugh year for a title. And like, honestly, that's good television. And that's also did you game. did you guys see the they televised? We're all sucker they... for ratings. Sorry, Florida State. <laughs> love that number. Love that money. Well, did you see the reaction that Michigan had when they it was announced? Because uh, like that their opponent was going to be Alabama, they're like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> that's that's not as easy." Well, did you see the spread? <laughs> I think Georgia is like fourteen point favorites over Florida State. And so, it's can like, you imagine wow. if Florida State beats Georgia, though? Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> I mean, it sucks. Did, did you see the quarterback for Florida State tweeted? He was like, "I wish I got hurt earlier, so my team like could play without me for long enough where they'd accept us into the playoffs." The whole thing, I mean, honestly, that was like my thought the whole time we were talking about this is just this sucks for the players in particular because like the Florida State players did everything they were supposed to do. They're everything they're asked to do. They won every single game they played. That's the that's the thing I keep coming back to is like from if you just think about it for a player, they're like, but we won all the games. But we won every fucking game this year. Yeah. And they're like, but we won. It's that I will also we could just um, end on this, which. I actually forgot what I was going to say. Right. Laugh. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's the way to end it, honestly. That, that's like the vibe that Florida State is feeling right now. Just like, well, I don't really know what to say. Uh, oh, the dude, the Mets. The whole time it was the Florida State. I was just thinking about the <laughs> Terry Mets. Collins. The Terry goes, like, you got to give us a shot. You got to give us a shot. My ass is in the jack body of Terry. You gotta give us a shot. DK doesn't know this video. What the fuck? Fantastic. You, about? you don't know this? It's the Mets. No. It's the Mets manager from like five years Dude, ago. When Chase Utley went spikes up on um uh oh who's I don't remember one of the Mets players and Chase Utley in the playoffs spiked and ended someone's season for the Mets and then they wanted to throw a ball like hit Bean Chase Utley and then the the umps were like we're gonna like you you cannot Bean Chase Utley right now. And he's like, you got to give us a shot. Talk to me I about know what that. You, know, okay. you got to give us a shot. You know what? You got to give Terry, us a shot. Okay, My ass is in the jackpot, Terry. All right. Anyway, Dolphins kick the crap out of the commanders. Back to the NFL where things make sense. Uh, yeah. uh, this is the only thing that made sense all day, honestly, is that the Dolphins beat the commanders by um, like 30 points and that didn't a feel lot. like enough. I, Tyree Kill every other week. Tyreek Hill's speed is exactly properly rated, which every time I see Tyreek Hill catch a pass and pull away from NFL defenders, like defensive backs, who are the fastest people on earth, and Tyreek Hill just makes it look like a high school video, I'm just like, this guy is the best player in the NFL. Like, quarterbacks aside, no quarterbacks. Tyreek Hill is the best player in the NFL, right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's certainly, I think he's the most impactful skill player or non-quarterback player in the NFL. Like, I think that's why he has a legitimate... Uh, like claim for the MVP. I don't know if he's going to get it. I don't know if anyone will actually give a receiver an MVP award anymore. But like, you know, we've talked about this a million times, the gravity he creates, the 
the field tilting ability to make the defense just all suck into him. And then obviously the, then it opens up things for everyone else on the field. It opens up things for their run game, which is an amazing run game. Um, and just his ability to score anytime he touches the football. Like he had a 70 yard touchdown and then another big touchdown later. I can't even remember how long it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, and also by the way, he's on track to have 2000 yards, which I think could help with the narrative, the MVP narrative. He really is Steph Curry. And it's not any quarterback, it's Tyreek. Because there's a there's like a helplessness that I feel like the defense yes. endures during the game. Great way. It's it's it, like yeah. that, it's like that that Steph three against the Thunder, and I think it's Enos Cantor on the sidelines on the bench. Steph shoots like a 40-footer to end the game to win. And as he's shooting, Enos Cantor's on the bench and he just throws his hands up, but he's like, I'm fucking kidding. <laughs> It, before it even goes in. And it's like the same thing. Like yeah, yeah. Tyreek or, or Tua throws the ball. It's like halfway in the air and I see Tyreek and I'm like, God damn it. These teams, <laughs> the, basketball teams prepare for Steph Curry. They, they they design their entire defense around, all right, how are we going to stop Steph Curry? And yet he still manages to go six for 12 from three in a game. I do not understand how Tyreek Hill, who's 29 years old, he's been in the league for like nine years. Everybody knows exactly who he is. It's week 13. He's on pace for 2,000 yards. No matter what, nobody can stop him. Always open. The entire game plan, I yeah. imagine, the whole week is like, how are we going to limit Tyreek Hill? Nobody can. Every single week. Craig, MVP, Brock Purdy or Tyreek Hill? Tyreek. Rank him. Tyreek. To me, it's it's Dak and then Tyreek right now. I, nah, it's probably Jalen Hurts. Even if J.J. Sure. Watt tweeted earlier <laughs> this year, the Texans were like, oh, J.J. Watt was the real MVP in whatever year. And J.J. Watt like quote tweeted the Texans and was like, yeah, it's not really possible given the structure of the sport for anyone other than the quarterback to be the MVP, but thank you. And like, that was like two months ago. That was like during the season. And I was like, that's 100% true. And I'm like, actually, I think this is the only season in my entire life where you can give it. Like, if there was ever going to be like another like Adrian Peterson year where your quarterback didn't get it, I still think a quarterback should get it. But this this season's the first one where I look at Tyree Kill and I look at the Dolphins offense and I'm like, you could convince me. I always think it's hard to give an MVP to somebody like so like Jalen Hurts. It, it's weird to give an MVP MVP to somebody who has is having a worse season than the one prior. Right. It's awkward. You know, it's, it's like when you it's say awkward. goodbye to someone and keep walking with them on the sidewalk, and you're in the same direction. No, it's like giving the it's like giving the Oscar to the third Lord of the Rings movie when it wasn't even the best one, in my opinion. The three buildings, right? Yeah. <laughs> the return of the president. The return yes. of the they guy. add the third building. <laughs> return of the dude. The return of the leader guy. It's it's weird this year because there's so much parity across the league. Everyone has basically three, four losses. Who's at you know the top of the playoff seating? Except, you know, but the Niners are probably the best team, and yet they have the one quarterback who you can't really give the MVP to. So to me, it's like it probably is just Tyree Kill this Dude, year. It's DiCaprio getting the Oscar for the Revenant, which no one's thought about since he made it. I know, and you're like, very true. It's it's just it was a career achievement. It was like, all right, we got to do this by now. Get it over with. The yeah, um, he's deserved it like four other times, and we'll finally give it to him now. Uh, but sticking in this game, so the Dolphins, DK, the Dolphins scored forty-five points. <laughs> I know where this and, is going. And Jalen Waddle, I hate you already. Had five catches for fifty-two yards and no touchdowns. I thought this this started out me just pushing back on high fits, and now I'm like dying on a hill. I don't even want to die on. So I'm giving Jaylen up Waddle, on the Waddle thing. You can have him. You can tell you Waddle sucks. I'm calling it box score blue balls, <laughs> where if you were out at lunch or Christmas shopping, you come home and you check the box score and you have Jalen Waddle on your fantasy team. You go, nice, 45 to 15, they beat Washington. Oh my God. 
And you check in, Jalen Waddle has seven points, and Tyree Kill has 32. <laughs> and you're like, this happens every single week. He's literally Cal Naughton. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if I finish, if, if you win, how am I going to win? Oh, right. Group today, I'm like, oh, Jalen Waddle dropped a wide open pass, and DK's like, it's raining, Craig. And I'm like, well, it's not, it doesn't seem to affect Tyree Kill. <laughs> no, that's. I was like, what I really said was leave Waddle alone. <laughs> like, you know, the Britney Spears I won't. meme. I honestly you won't. leave Waddle alone, Craig. It's he, rainy. He's, he's, had, he's had more than seven the points man once in the last month. <laughs> Craig, he had a big play. All right. He did his part. No, you got, you're probably right. I honestly like this whole bit started just because Heifetz was like shitting on him. And I was like, he's fine. And then now it's like, okay, maybe he's not so great, actually. Um, it is one of those things, though, where like I have them on my teams and I start them every week, and it's just like an automatic start. But I actually think that's exactly the problem: is that right. you can't bench Jalen Waddle, but like <laughs> you could, probably should. Like, he's <laughs> what was not it as you said about Ray Cooper Rice. Cup, Craig? You can't bench him, but you probably should. <laughs> yes, we should make a whole category of guys. You cannot bench this don't, player. Don't even fucking but, think about but, it. They won't should. score that many points. <laughs> Just take your hand off the fucking dial. Don't bench him. But maybe, maybe you, probably you should. should do it. Maybe you should do it. Maybe someone else do it for you. Oh, my God. Uh, Can we talk about something better about the Dolphins uh, that I feel very good about? And the, the fact that Devon Achan is back, baby. And he's like back, back. He was eating today as Craig tweeted. I think you texted us like three times. Achan is eating out there. Garbage time, boy. <laughs> I hope not. He's like 180 I pounds. I don't want to put on any weight. Um, too fast. He is, as of now, the RB3 on the week, 73 yards and two touchdowns. What I love about him so much, I think, is that he can do all this on like limited touches, 17 touches. Like that's doable. 20, 20 with catches. Oh, yes. right. Sorry. We we had an intense text argument today, Craig, about whether HN should have been in the game up scores. <laughs> and I are you are you telling me or are you telling the audience? I was I was participating. Yeah, I was there. I'm telling yeah. the audience. No, was, well, you, oh, you were like Craig. We had I. an intense argument, Craig. I, I was said, like, no, I know. I said, Craig and I had, whatever. The point is, I was like, HN needs, like, he's played, like, he got like four, like 39 carries entered the day in the NFL. Like, he needs reps. And then I thought about it more, and I was like, yeah, McDaniel probably just hates Washington and just really wanted to run up the score. Oh, <laughs> I, was, I didn't even think of that. Dude, yeah. he definitely just hates <laughs> Washington. Yeah, yeah. HN was like, he, he had like eight touches going into the final drive, and then they gave him 10 carries up 30 or up 25 <laughs> with four minutes left. And they just rode him down the field and, and then he scored. And I'm like, look, I know you're trying to get him reps, whatever, but like this guy is so important to your team. You're so much better with him on the field. Like he just, he just missed the last six weeks with a knee injury. Do you need to give him 10 carries in one drive? With in the rain, in the, the slippery, like on the slippery turf. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, the Washington field is famously of, of an excellent it's quality. It's never no hurt anybody. Hurt. Yeah. I will say, I was like, oh, he needs reps. I was like, no, McDaniel wants points. That's definitely what happened. Uh, well, it's like thinking uh, if he'd been like a slow starter, kind of like remember how Jameer Gibbs kind of started slow. And well, we were very games upset there. he wasn't on the field. Yeah, it was like very upsetting. And he he just looked a little like rusty or whatever the case is. Now he's just like absolutely going nuclear. But like HN from the minute he touched the field was like incredible. Obviously, this guy knows what he's doing. He's a perfect fit for this offense. If you look at uh, I actually saw this tweet from uh, Dante Kapowitz Fleming in the he's played uh, five snaps plus in four games this year. That's kind of wild, actually. That's only been the case. 
That's why these reps. <laughs> I know. 233 yards and four touchdowns in one game. 120 yards, two touchdowns in the second. 165 yards and a touchdown in the third. 103 yards, two touchdowns today. He's never had less than 21 fantasy points. He's never had a game with less than 20 fantasy points. Where would you draft HN next year? Let's say you take McCaffrey first. Is Mostert on the team still? Yeah. Is Mostert a free agent? I will say it doesn't matter. Like Mostert's on the team. He's not, he's, they'll resign him. He's not going to leave. Uh, God. Honestly, late first, early second. That's the thing. At what point does it not matter if Mostert's there? It's like if HN, is is, is he the first part time first rounder? Like he's he's going to get 12 touches a game for it. He's average. But if he averages 11 yards a carry this year, like shatters an NFL record. I don't know. It's, I don't. I really don't know the answer because it kind of breaks the concept of everything. I know it's like. And by the way, Mostert has like 17 touchdowns this year. Oh yeah. Oh, dude, Mostert has more as many touchdowns as the Patriots, and he's more touchdowns than the Jets. <laughs> just Raheem Mostert, um, which is Wild. hilarious. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need, at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The other game that was just ridiculous in the early window was the Lions beat the Saints 33 to 28. And the Lions were literally up 21 nothing in, I believe, seven and a half minutes into the first quarter. Fans and- were booing Derek Carr when he would jog onto the field and they would cheer Taysom Hill. <laughs> it was uh, like this, like the SpongeBob uh, Squidward meme of just like Squidward, Derek Carr sticks out his hand. It was like, boo. <laughs> Derek Carr is in a really tough spot because I don't think he's very good, but he's, he's, he's good enough to be playing in the NFL, but he's, he's not good enough for any fan base to like him. Derek so Carr's I, I nicer think no matter where, no matter where Derek Carr goes, everyone's going to despise him. So I, I really don't know. Because do, do I think he's good enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL? I do. But he's not good enough for any team to accept him no matter where Dude. he is. So I, he's we're kind of in a tough spot. I went on a Derek Carr rant Friday. I don't take my word for it. Michael Thomas was just like hate tweeting Derek Carr during the game. Michael Thomas is an injured reserve for the Saints. And he just literally was tweeting, live tweeting the game, but like only about Derek Carr. And was like, Mike. A.T. Perry's wide open on one of the throws that he should have thrown to him. And then he also, I didn't even realize this Michael Thomas post last week, a video of Drew Brees on his Instagram story. And Drew Brees was asked, how do you have your relationship with Michael Thomas? And Brees is like, when guys are open, I throw to them, man. Like, that's my job. And it was my, like, it was just like five videos like that of Michael Thomas being like Derek Cardis and throw to people. And then he tweeted one like, if you can't see the field, people get hurt. And it was just over and over. 
With that said, they almost came back and won. Did did Michael Thomas delete his Twitter account today? Yes, he del- he can't guard Mike. He's gone. R.I.P. to can't guard Mike. You know why? It's because <laughs> so he, he fucking like, tweeted so much about like, Derek Carr. Yeah, he he shit all over the team's quarterback and then deleted his account. How how much longer is he going to be on the? Wait, Saints? wait, wait. Does that mean now I can, it's can't follow Mike? Wait, does that mean oh. I can just get can't get Mike? Wait, can I just take can't guard Mike right now? Yeah, just blackmail. Hey, just blackmail him. One second. I'm sure you're the first person to think about that. If it's so the, the Lions won by five. The Saints bizarrely came back. Carr was playing fine. Came back. Carr got hurt. Jameis came in, threw a horrible pass that got tipped and somehow caught by Chris Olave and actually <laughs> kept the Saints in this game. It was the most Jameis play of all time. But I wanted DK. Yeah. We were texting about this earlier. Taysom Hill, he's their red zone guy, right? They bring him in inside the five. And it's always him and Kamara. And I have Kamara on my fantasy team this year, so I'm, I'm very invested in him. And so when you're when you're watching your player inside the red zone, like you're basically just staring at them, waiting for them to get the ball. <laughs> I've never once in my life seen Taysom Hill hand the ball off to Alvin Kamara. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a read option in name only. Like he's not reading shit. He's just <laughs> holding that ball. No. He's like hell or high, come hell or high water. I'm fucking taking this into the end zone. He's getting paid by the touchdown or something. He he never hands the ball off to Kamara, regardless <laughs> of he's not reading shit. He's illiterate in the red zone. <laughs> He's illiterate at the read option. Uh, it's weird because, like, you'd think defenses would... I don't know, but, like, you're, are you going to pick your poison? It's like either you're going to ask them to hand it off to Camaro or have this 32-year-old white guy take the ball. You know what I mean? Like, maybe teams you're are You're saying just, you should commit to Camaro <laughs> to make him keep it? But I guess, regardless, I don't know. But there's been plenty of plays where he'll keep it and just get blown up immediately. Right. And you're like, because he's not reading anything. He just wants to score. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, our buddy Ben Solak tweeted out uh, like a, just a table of EPA per play of from like all the way back to like 2015. So it's like a long stretch. And it's like Jameis is highest on the Saints quarterback list and then Taysom. And then below them is Derek Carr. It's like Jesus Christ. I, I can't have great, can't card Mike. Uh, someone did that. Nice I try. Assume, nice try. I assume he just deactivated it. That was really an yeah. incredible like 60 seconds. Heifetz so. is. He just he was dreaming about what he's going to spend all that money on. Hyvitz, how much money would you have charged? Like, what's the lowest <laughs> amount you would have accepted? Uh, I probably would have given it to him for free if he would have came on the show and just talked to Derek Carr for an hour. It's like the dude that just places the ludicrous bets on games, and it's just like all about like promotion and stuff. Oh, the mattress guy? What? Yeah, mattress Mike. Or mattress advertising Mac. me? Explain that mattress Mac to me. Like I don't know I, how I've, the numbers work. To be, totally I have honest. read the explanation of how he puts a million dollars and makes the money back. Ten you know his and, name. That's how. And I know, but every time I read it, they're like, "No, no, no, he makes money." Like not like with marketing. And I'm like, I don't. I've never actually understood the mattress Mac thing. Neither have I. I'm like, it just sounds like a weird, elaborate scheme. We, he, we he famously don't football. know how advertising works, so why would no. we know about this? Yeah, I, can we? Can we flip? I want to flip to the other side of the ball. The team that won, the Lions. I think the Lions are officially. It, it's it it could. It's almost Miami has this award, but I don't think they get it because of Jalen Waddle. The Lions are the most exciting. <laughs> God fantasy damn it! Leave team. Waddle alone. <laughs> I think the Lions are the most exciting fantasy team next year. I was thinking about this next year in your fantasy draft. I truly think your strategy could just be Lions, and you could get the entire team and have a good fantasy team. You could you would take Jameer Gibbs in the first. Probably get him late first. You could take Amon Ra in the second, early second. Laporta in the third. I think he's probably going to be the number two tight end, maybe number three in rankings next year at the position. You get David Montgomery in the fourth. 
And then you grab Goff and Jameson Williams. And whatever, six, seven, eight, nine. Your team is great. If you have that yeah. team right now, you're in the playoffs. I think that's actually, it, if you're a Lions fan, you can just do that. And then you can get Goff later for the whole stack. And you spend the rest of your draft just trying to fill out receivers. And also you just get running backs because you just need to fill out the running back, the second running back spot because you have Gibbs, Montgomery. If one of them gets hurt, the other is going to be like a top five running back basically every week that the other's out. So it's I, I, you could totally do that. I also think Sam Laporta, I, it, he had nine catches, 140 yards and a touchdown. He's the number one tight end this week for Sam Laporta. Just he's 20 points off the record for the most points from a tight end in a rookie season in the 21st century. Like right now, not like I was, through 12 weeks, the total number. He's on pace to have the best rookie season of a, for a tight yes, end, isn't he? Ever. Yeah. Yes. For, and he's. I was going to say, I, f- I feel like we're already taking him for granted. We're already like, oh, yeah, Sam Laporte is really good. And it's like, this guy's a rookie. He's played 10 games. He's <laughs> who we wanted like, Kyle Pitts to be. He's yeah. literally already has the second. Mo- he literally is the second most receiving yards per game ever in a rookie season, only behind Pitts, but he actually scores touchdowns. Kyle Pitts, by the way, still has fewer touchdowns this season than Jimmy Graham, who is like 40. Jimmy Graham scored today. Jimmy Graham has more touchdowns this season than Pitts. Somebody named Ben Sims scored today. The tight end. I've never heard of that I think that he's person. the son of the person who uh, runs our company. Mm. Um, no, not Simmons. Sims. He ben knows. Simmons might catch just... more touchdowns than Kyle Pitts by the end of his career. I don't know. Uh, tight end's also just fixed. Like, if you look at next year, how much do we complain it about is. tight end? We have to, like, it's fixed. It's tr- Next year... I don't know the rankings, but you're jinxing the fuck out of it. First of all, fine. No, no, you're right. Travis Kelsey, right. maybe still it's the over. first pick. Tra- TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Sam Laporta, Dalton Kincaid, Trey McBride, Jake Ferguson, Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard, Cole Komet, Evan Engram, David Njoku. That's like 13. And then after David, outside the top 13, Darren Waller, Michael Mayer in year two, Brock Bowers is going to be a top 10 pick from Georgia. Luke Musgrave, the Packers. Oh, and by the way, Kyle Pitts might be like (laughs) the 18th tight end next year. Like I was going to say, real question, where is he ranked next year, Kyle Pitts? Is he top 15? I I think not. No, he can't be. Well, if they have a better quarterback or a new coach in Atlanta, we'll probably put him like 12th because he's Just trade him, for fuck's sake. But he's going to, that's the point is, how often is the upside pick like, Shigo Conqua. Hey, this guy you've never heard of who's never done anything has this opportunity on this team you don't want to watch. And now it's like Kyle Pitts is going to be like that guy. You know what I mean? It's like all the tight ends now are people who've done things. Like, you, yeah, just, he's now like the upside dart throw penny stock. He's like OJ Howard. Like he's turning into OJ Howard already. Remember oh. how, remember all the hype around OJ Howard? I, I think his issue got, he got hurt, but at the same time, he was like this really athletic first round pick you know, dynamic, whatever, and just never turned into anything. I, I, I still think Kyle Pitts is going to turn into somebody good in fantasy, but it's He's not younger than able, Dalton. Kincaid. It's not going to be on the Falcons. Just we need to For get sure. him on a new team. Kyle Pitts is twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of injuries, though, you mentioned OJ Howard got hurt. There were so many injuries today. Like it was crazy. Ramondre Stevenson got hurt for the Patriots. Tank Dell, we jinxed him. Tank Dell. Carted off. He broke his leg. He's Dude, why did I jinx him if I was saying how good he was? Well, I don't understand why that's a jinx. We talked well, about it. You were treating him. me like, so, so <laughs> I mean, we're at risk of, of jinxing yeah, every player in the league. Because I, I am trying to deflect from my own jinxing. It's I, I feel like if we would have said, oh, he's been incredibly healthy for being 150 pounds. I'm like, I heard his, his tibia is just rock solid. <laughs> then that would be jinxing him. God. 
Strongest tibias in the league, I heard. You kept saying how Tank Dell had never missed a game due to injury in 10 years. So I don't know. Heifetz yeah. really did do, he jinxed Kelsey, like for real. He missed the one. He did hex Kelsey. Right. The Heifetz hex is real. I'm not saying the Heifetz hex isn't real. Just saying. The whole we, we don't get, we real. can't get blamed for every player we talk about. No, like if I'm like, man, I I really think Jameer Gibbs is good. And then he gets hurt. (laughs) It's not like I'm jinxing him. Yeah. Well, anyway, Tank Dell got carted off right after Craig jinxed him. Uh, CJ Stroud was limping for the Texans. Why was Tank Dell blocking on like an inside run on the one yard line? He weighs 160 pounds soaking wet. And he's like blocking with the left guard in the middle of the pile. What are we doing? He's a competitor, man. Stupid well, play call. In, to be like, to be genuine, I, I was talking to uh, Nate Tice about this from the Athletic, and we were just talking about how like there's a new paradigm in the NFL. These guys are tiny. There's like uh, Tutu Atwell, 150 pounds or whatever. He's like less than 150 pounds. Um, Tank Dell, 150, 160 pounds, whatever he is. Um, and these guys can play in the league now because of the way that the rules have changed, the way that the style of football is played now. But at the end of the day, and this is what Nate's point was, is like essentially you just have to expect that. These guys are going to miss games every year because this is a big physical sport. Guys are huge. And it's like the same with Devon Achan. Like we probably just have to expect he's going to miss a couple games a year. Their bones are like birds. I just, you know, it's tough. It's just the, it's just the reality of being a 150 pound person playing in the NFL is like, you can't expect them to play the whole season. I mean, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it's like inevitable. They're going to break their bones every time, but like injuries will happen. It was like the theme of the day, though. Like Kenny Pickett hurt his ankle. Mitch Trubisky came in. And then Kenny Pickett's getting surgery. He's probably out two to four weeks, actually. Brian Robinson had a hamstring injury. Alvin, dude, so many Alvin guys Kamara rolled up on that official's leg or one of the chain dude. gang's leg and bent the wrong way. And we all, that was horrific. Uh, the guy yeah. dislocated so, his uh, knee. I saw. That's not a chill. That's super not chill. If it's just had like a thumbs up just, dude, thing these around are, his head. How how do I turn these on? Who decided that like on video chats, like if you just use talk with your hands that I'm going to like make thought bubbles. It is or the most and, unnecessary, stupid, modern idea. It's like, what if, if somebody puts a thumbs up, it wouldn't it be cute to have a thumbs up bubble pop up next to their face? Especially like, who in the world wants that. You know what the problem is with the filters? It's like they have to opt in. Everyone wants the filters. That's, you know what I mean? That's what they're thinking. Yeah, right. Everyone must. It's just anyway. the ultimate doing too much. Do less. Do less. Uh, Derek Henry left for the concussion and then Tajay Spears played 100% of the snaps and just again, Tim Robinson liked it. Gotta figure out how to make money on this. Yes, Tajay Spears is in the Eli Mitchell camp of you hold on to him all year. And if you held on to him to Tajay Spears, I don't want to say congrats because Derrick Henry got hurt. But if Derrick Henry does miss a game, like this is an important week for fantasy football. And if you've been holding on to Spears, this is why you do stuff like that. The Also, shout out. I'm sorry that this is so late. It's kind of classic for Mike Evans that we would wait this long. But Mike Evans and, and also Michael Pittman's been at Glansburg. I was down on Michael Pittman at the beginning this year and I was super wrong. Like Pittman's been fantastic. And Mike Evans... Pittman's good. Mike Evans has been out of control incredible this year. I I mean, again, Mike Evans just is a top 10 receiver. Like, he's just there. He's there again. Mike Evans has the second most 1,000-yard seasons in the history of the NFL. Literally it only Jerry Rice, right? And then it's, yes. He's never not done it. Holy shit. 10 straight years. 1,000 yards. He's the only receiver in the NFL who's ever who ever went over a thousand in his first ten seasons. I know that. So like, yes, that's just I mean a wild, wild. I mean, stat. like he is like a first ballot. Yeah, right. 
Um, he had a 75 yard touchdown today. You don't think of him today. like that. No, I Craig, that's the weird thing with Evans is, but at no point was he ever like some consensus top five receiver. I don't think he's ever been. Like, I, am I going to tell my grandkids about Mike Evans? No. If my grandkids <laughs> says, was Mike Evans good? I'd be like, yeah, he's pretty good. That's, yeah, I, that's the thing. It, I think what's weird is that we were talking before about how Chris Godwin was better with Brady. And we we're talking about how Brady was processing it. Like Tom Brady plays with his brain and he was like, who's open. And Baker is better for Mike Evans. Cause Baker kind of just plays with his dick. Like Baker just <laughs> thinks with his dick when he plays, like Baker's just like uncle Rico. I bet I could touch throw down, it touch the you know, it'd be cool. <laughs> throw it to Mike Evans right now. And he just yeah. does it. And Brady was like, who's open like a fucking nerd. But yeah, Baker plays like you play Madden yeah. where it's like, who's the best receiver on my team? He's going to get 23 targets. That route looks orange. I'm going to throw it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. It's like Minshew with Michael Pittman. There's a lot of guys who get that treatment. Well, Pittman, they've just like Shane Steichen, the Colts head coach, they've designed plays for Pittman. Evans just runs straight and they kind of throw him the ball. Pittman it honestly really... feels like Pittman has the Cooper Cup treatment a little bit. Yo, like the yeah. way they move him around the field. They had a cool touchdown with Pittman today where I'm, I've been waiting for this like exact route for a while. And I know they didn't invent it today, but like he just, Pittman's a big dude and they went to just do a pick and he just faked the pit and just pick and spun back toward the goalpost and just was wide open and like waited exactly for them to switch the defenders and then he was open. And I'm like, yeah, that's unguardable. Just it's cool. But yeah, Pittman's also been fantastic this season. So uh, here you go. Sorry about Pittman. Also, wait, Nico Collins. That's the other receiver who's been incredible. Nico Collins, 191 yards, nine catches, and touchdown. Yeah. Nico Collins, because we've been talking about Tank Dell. Nico Collins tied for the fifth most by yards in a game by a receiver all season. And also, Nico Collins, top four receiver on the week. In the last five weeks, Nico Collins is a top six fantasy receiver. The only receivers with more points than Nico Collins in the last five weeks are Keenan Allen, DK Metcalf, CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel, and Tyreek Hill. That's it. He's only nine yards short of a thousand. And he missed a game or two this year. Also, he's, he's a nobody. Awesome. Like he's a he's a good player, but it's like he's not famous. Like, like 97% of people do not know who Nico Collins is. It's crazy because he is an outlier in terms of the way that like in the dynasty community or whatever, and projecting how, which guys are going to turn out really well. It's like he didn't really do very much over his first two seasons and almost never, those guys almost never end up turning into superstars in fantasy. Like if you don't do anything over the he first two like seasons. He felt like Donovan Peoples-Jones, but he worked out. Right. Yeah. And so it, like the, what he's doing this year is, is very rare and exciting. Obviously he, when he came out of uh, Michigan, he was like really athletic, big guy, but like the traits there's been, we've told this story a million times, like, Oh, he's really tall, big and fast. Right. And he's actually doing like what he's doing now is is wild. So, um, I mean, we just, yeah, Nico Collins. He's like a legit, also, really you know good what player. All these guys have in common. This is kind of like a renaissance year for big receivers because all these guys are six four or five, and like there's not actually that many six four receivers that are good as many as you think. And like Mike Evans is six five. He's basically the biggest good receiver or the goodest big. Re- I don't know. He's tall, <laughs> but like the best. There really aren't that many receiver. six five receivers. Like that, like the way fewer than you think. And then like Michael Pittman and Nico Collins are six four, and like there's fewer six four receivers than you think, and they're crushing it. Love Nico. Other weird thing we have to get to is Joe Flacco played well. That was odd. The Rams crushed the well, not crushed it, but the thirty six nineteen. The Rams kind of pulled away at the end, but Flacco was fine. Almost seems like underrating it. I don't know. He had a terrible. He's easily pick. the best quarterback on the that the Browns can have right now. Like he's easily <laughs> the best option. He was just like hanging out on his couch all year. He's 38. 
showed up a week ago and he is easily the best option they've had at quarterback. Looked like fine. Looked he had 250 yards, two touchdowns. That's only happened once, by the way, for the Browns this year. There's only been one game where a quarterback has had 250 and two touchdowns on the Browns this year. It was like Deshaun in week four or something. But yeah, he, I, he legitimately looked competent. Had a terrible pick at the end of the game. But look, you take what you can get with Flacco and like the Browns have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs with him. I'm sure he's going to get worse because the first game, for some reason, they always look decent. And then come three weeks from now, he'll be horrific. Yeah. Yes. He will spoil like like an old piece of fruit, but (laughs) I was impressed today for Flacco. I just, I just, the idea, the idea that having tape on Joe Flacco, like the idea that, Game tape outweighs the necessity of practice has really blown my mind and really quite maybe question things this year. Like how much have we heard practice matters, reps matter. And then it's like, really seems like a lot of quarterbacks stepped in on five days notice and were better than whoever was playing. <laughs> Is quarterback easy? I, 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 yeah, that's where we're going to end up here. The worst, the worst season statistically for like scoring and quarterbacks in a decade. Our quarterbacking is easy, isn't it? Also, what's with Elijah Moore that he's gone over 70 yards like four times in his career and two with Flacco? He's a, he's a messy receiver. I, I feel like so. Like, Elijah Moore, know, 83 I, yards. He's done that he, twice. Both He had Flacco. 12 targets and four catches. He's just so messy. I feel like every time I look up, he's missing. He's like dropping a pass or it's going through his fingers or he's stepping on the sideline. I haven't, sold, foot in. I haven't sold my stock. I'm in. I'm hanging on to Elijah Moore. Time. Every time I look up, it's going through his fingers. <laughs> All right. the the most important the most important game of the day not most I don't, I don't care about the game but the most important thing we have to talk about today so a couple big things the Patriots uh, Sam Monson at Pro Football Focus said this incredible stat that the Chargers beat the Patriots 6-0 to which the Chargers means the Chargers covered a 5.5 point spread by scoring 6 points uh, remarkable brutal. which like is a true like one of one game so but, you know, with the um, amid the darkness comes a ray of light for, via Mike Giardi, who tweeted out the pay. Ouch. <laughs> the Patriots are the first team to lose three straight games while allowing 10 or fewer points, which oh I, I, I want to reread that because it's incredible. The Patriots have lost three straight games while allowing 10 or fewer points, which has not happened since the 1938 Chicago Cardinals. <laughs> they lost 10 to 6. 10 to 7 and 6 to 0. This is how you fucking tank. They know it. This is, this is why Belichick's the best. They're doing this so perfectly. It takes skill to do, to tank this, this well. I mean, that is an incredible stat. It's a, what it's year a was masterful it? tank. The 1938 Chicago Cardinals. <laughs> Let me read you a little bit of the Chicago Cardinals. Yes. Forget the players. The general manager was a guy named Arch Wolf. Did he play nice. also? The owner, maybe. The Arch owner was Char- Charles how, Bidwell. Arch Wolf is the alpha of the pack. Charles Bidwell was the current Cardinals owner's, I think, father or grandfather. His Wikipedia page, prior to his ownership no. of the Cardinals, Bidwell was a successful businessman and wealthy lawyer in Chicago with ties to organized crime boss Al Capone. Sick. That's and so then awesome. yeah. the Chicago Cardinals roster included <laughs> Buddy Parker, Pat Buddy. Coffey, Pat Coffey, Milt Popovich, <laughs> Milt Popovich, Milt Popovich, <laughs> Ed Cherry. When's the last time we've had a Milt in the NFL? Milt Plum, dude. Tommy DeVito. Did you already forget about Milt Plum, dude? Milt. I'm Plum. saying, when's the last time? Is Milt the last? Is Milt the last Milt? I, I hope so. It's the only <laughs> Milt in my heart is Milt Plum. 
What is Milton? Is Milt short for something? Milton? Milton. Milton. Dude, there's Milton. Hal Milton Pangle. Hal? Ed Cherry. <laughs> the, nice. Ed Cherry. Four different guys kicked. But the that's not even the best they one of the day. They all kicked, Have you seen true. the pictures? They all fucking At, love punting. The other one, shout out to- They were all Taysom Hills back <laughs> then. Shout out to Adam Harstead who tweeted this out too. So reminded Kyler Murray, who's five foot ten, threw it past to Rondell Moore, who's five foot seven, is the shortest combined passing touchdown in the NFL since Pard Pierce threw one to Dutch Sternemann on the 1920 <laughs> Decatur Staley. Pard. Pard I think Pierce. I think Pard is is my new favorite old time name. Pard. P-A-R-D. Pard Pierce. Hard. Also, I'm confused. I'm confused. Paragraph. Isn't this like the shortest touchdown connection since last week when fucking Kyler Murray threw a touchdown to my boy Dorch? Dorch. I think Dorch, <laughs> Dorch is, is like five seven two. Hard Pierce also played in the Kenosha Maroons. Hard. <laughs> what's hard? What's hard short for, Craig? Hard. 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 I think it's short for hard. Are you saying par? This is what. This is how I think it went down. I think Pard Pierce was born. And they told the doctor, they're like, what do you want to name him? And the guy said something, but he didn't really hear him. So he said, pardon? And then he just wrote down pardon. <laughs> pardon my name. Uh, his real name, looking him up on Wikipedia, his Wikipedia is is two sentences long. His name is Walter Pierce, and his nickname is Pard. Pard? Not sure. No, also, no indication for We're why. not talking enough about Dutch Sternemann. Dutch. Dude, I love Dutch. Dutch. You guys should play Red Dead Redemption. Dude, the idea that your name's just Dutch. I'm like, that to me is the ultimate. I want to see like Red, like Red Grange. I want to see Dutch. Yeah, there's not many Reds and Dutches these days. Hyvitz, can you name the the team that Pard played for? The Decatur Staley's. Yeah, what is that? Did you say Decatur? Oh, shit. God damn it, you got me. Yeah, it's, is it Decatur? <laughs> Fuck! Get it again. Oh, it's it's going to be once be a fair, week with this. I've never heard the word Decatur or Staley's. I don't know what either of those are. <laughs> well, I'm the host. I have to read stuff, man. I don't know. Decatur. I don't. Decatur? <laughs> he also played for the Kenosha Maroons, and I was hoping I would say the Kenosha Morons. I did. You just weren't listening. Oh, did you? <laughs> you were the scrolling. Kenosha what Morons. Is a Staley? Decatur. Decatur's in Georgia, but this is a little... Decatur I think the Decatur Staley's were the Bears. I think it's the same team. He also played for the Providence Steamroller. It's in Illinois. Singular. So are the Staley's just a guy's last name like the Cleveland Browns? Like they just... It's just a dude's uh, last name. I don't know, actually. I just think the Bears are the Staley's. Also, that's another thing we never talk about. And it's too late to be in the show like to be to, to talk about this, but we never talk about how the, the Browns aren't like the pre ninety nine Browns aren't the like the Browns like they're the Ravens. We never talk about that. Yeah, but like yeah, freaking, yeah it's uh, very weird. Jim Brown didn't play for the Browns. He played for the modern day Ravens, <laughs> and we've all agreed to just never talk about this or acknowledge it. Right. But like Bill Belichick coached what is now the Ravens. We never talk about how the Ravens, the coach before they were the Ravens, was Bill Belichick. We never talk about this ever. Anyway, it's a whole different conversation. That is weird. You're right. We just never <laughs> acknowledge that that's real. Like the team Jim Brown for played for became the Ravens. Whatever. Okay. Uh, that's probably all we... No, we got to do the burn book. Um, oh, shit. Craig, I think. 
you know, um, we're going to, we're going to fire Chris Godwin into the sun. I've been starting <laughs> Chris Godwin this entire today. season. And he had seven points. <laughs> Dude, that's, it's almost impossible to have as bad as a game as he did while scoring a touchdown. He had so one bad. carry for 19 yards and a touchdown. Didn't catch a pass. Three times. <laughs> oh my God. He didn't even get a Dude, point for the touchdown. That's some Jameson Williams, Kadarius Tony shit from Chris Godwin. You got to carry for a touchdown. I've been, I think I've started him every single game this year because I'm like, I don't really have anybody else. And Chris Godwin is supposed to be good at football. He's been awful. His last five games, seven, six, six, seven, two. Brutal. He's Hunter Renfro. Oh my God. That's, that's. So it's cool. embarrassing that it took us this long. I apologize to everybody at home who has been rostering yeah. and starting Chris Godwin. And we haven't burned him. He's been yelling at us through your, through your car. We just didn't know until today as Heifetz so like poignantly put it that just Baker Mayfield thinks with his dick when he's playing football. And we didn't realize that, you know, um, and that's on us. I really got it. I can't wait when we do the lessons from the year because I have so many new tattoos I want to put on my body. <laughs> I've learned so much this year. Should I really we power have. rank that this week. The lessons we've learned. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Even though, is it okay to tattoo midway through the season or only three fourths into the season? How else are we going to remember? That's a good point. We'll True. see. Well, maybe, we, maybe we should do one tattoo a week. Maybe that's what we should do at the end of every that show. That would have been a better What's the tattoo idea. Of the we week? should tattoo that for next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Carlos, for producing this episode. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Oh, God. Uh, thank you. The Decatur Staley's. <laughs> Are you sure I, it's Decatur? There's a Decatur, George. Decatur's probably. Right. I do not know. Uh, let's go with. There's so uh, many people in Illinois mad at me. Decatur. Lil, Lil Wayne. I heard Lil Wayne on the intro today to the Sunday Night Football game, I think. He was just like, he, he was like part of the. Yeah, I didn't know that. Dude, I respect Lil Wayne so much for not hopping on the Saints band. Obviously, Wayne's New Orleans guy. And he did, when the Saints won the Super Bowl, he was like, that's cool for the city, but like, I'm not a Saints fan. And then the Packers won the Super Bowl and he went nuts. Why is he a Packers fan? I don't know. He just was. I don't know. But like, I, he didn't, like, how easy would it have been for Lil Wayne to hop on the New Orleans bandwagon? And he just was like, nope, not my team. That's so <laughs> sick. Yeah, that is kind of <laughs> sick. Uh, Lil Wayne probably could be a receiver on the Cardinals based on his size. How tall is Lil Wayne? 5'5", five, five, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> it's actually Rondell Moore's the same height as Lil Wayne. Oh, no, <laughs> Tard like Pierce. Is. Lil Wayne's the Yeah, Park Pierce and Lil Wayne, same height. Now, set in Scorigami. Lil Wayne's the same height as Park Pierce. Lil Wayne's no got the body that. of Pard Pierce, you know? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Measurable. <Who, laughs> I'd love to see them compete. Park Pierce, Lil Wayne, one-on-one. <laughs> compete. Thank you. Oh, no, I did that. Goodbye, everyone.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit one 800 gambler.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 